This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 551. And the quote of the day is, I prefer fact over fiction. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 551 of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I appreciate you being here, and if you are new to the podcast, thanks for being here. I get a lot of emails of people saying, oh, I just found out about the podcast, and and uh, it's always great to hear that that more and more people are learning about the podcast. I'm always curious how people find out about it, so if you're new to the podcast, hit me up and let me know. Uh, I'm always curious about, you know, did a friend tell you, did, did you come across it just by Googling or, or whatever? I'm always interested to know. Uh, this particular episode is it's long. It's it's about two hours long, and it's kind of split in half. So the first half we talk about about sort of musicality and and music as a whole, and and being a drummer on Instagram and YouTube versus doing it out in the real world, and and sort of how to prepare for both of those depending on which way you want to go, and not confusing one for the other. And then the second half we talk about finances. So. It's around the hour mark that that we switch to the finances side. I don't have the exact timestamp, but uh, but it's about halfway through. So uh, if you want to skip to that, you can do that, or if you want to listen to the first part, or whatever the case may be. I was going to split them up, but I decided not to because I'd rather just give it to you, and you can do with it what you will. Uh, quickly before we get into it, Dream Symbols, uh, you remember. I've talked about their Dark Matter Eclipse Ride. They released that in 2017. And what the Eclipse Ride, it's different with what they do with it because they fire the symbol in the oven and then they hand hammer it. Then they immerse it into salt water. Then they take it out of there, put it back in the oven and refire it. And then it comes back out and it gets treated with a bliss style lathe on the outer edges. So it gives the symbol two unique and versatile sounds. And now they have released additional eclipse symbols so they have a 15 inch eclipse a 17 inch eclipse crash a 19 inch eclipse crash and a 23 inch eclipse ride and you can check all those out by going to dreamsymbols.com they're great sounding symbols they're super cool how they make them how they sound and the best part they're not going to break the bank so check them out go to dreamsymbols.com and now that that is out of the way i want to get into this conversation with Kevin Murphy, and let me just make a disclaimer. This is probably a not safe for work podcast. Uh, there's some there's some language. It doesn't bother me. It may bother you. We don't cut it out. So I just wanted to let you know that uh, you may want to if, turn your speakers down if you're listening in an office or around small children. All right, here we go. Let's get into it with my man, Kevin Murphy. Kevin Murphy, what's happening, my man? What is going on? I'm making toast right now. You're making toast? <laughs> yeah, I'm making garlic, a little, a little garlic toast and uh, some soup because my lessons all ran on today and I, I forgot to eat. So none of that, uh, none of that avocado toast that the that these kids are eating these days, is it? No, I do. <laughs> that is tasty. It is tasty. I, I don't do the eggs on it, man. I'll just make a piece of toast. Smear some avocado. I do. Here's man. You want to? I know this. We're talking about to talk about finances, but let me help you with a 
with the with the way to roll. Here's a good, you know, but this is a good finance thing. Like, don't spend your money on avocado toast at the well. And, and yeah, exactly. And if you are gonna make your avocado toast, you're on your own. Here's what you do with avocados. You know, when you go get ice cream at that Cold Stone, th- those places where they smash it all together and do all that, that right, stuff. Right. Do that. Like, put your empty, put your avocado, cut it all, get it all out of the out of its out of its husk, and get the seed out. Put it on your cutting board. Put some Tony Saturies, some some cayenne, some pepper, some lemon juice, or some lime juice, some, and then smash it all together with a couple of forks, and then spread it on your toast like it's like just butter or mayo or whatever. Man, like you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with that. It's the goods. Trust me. Welcome anyway. to Cooking with Kevin. <laughs> and, uh, I like it. I like it. I'm I mean, not, I grew up in the restaurant business, so I could talk about I could talk about food and cooking all the time. But we're going to talk about drums and and money. I'm actually going to make part of my website, my upcoming website. I'm actually going to have a fun section where it is literally food. I like it. You know, I like it. Here's you know, onion. I was actually I was thinking about this today. This this would actually this is like a great segue into this that um, I was. Looking at like I was reading some stuff about about personal brands and and how people are presenting themselves like and leveraging sort of any sort of any sort of uh, visibility that they may have. So whether you're a, a drummer who plays with a big artist or whether you know you're an athlete who is in a is a professional athlete or whatever it is. I was just I was reading about it because I'm interested in that kind of stuff. Um, and one of the one of the main things was that your personal brand should be built around you and not sort of like the the idea of who you think you should be, right? Um, right. But there's this weird thing with drummers that we have that we think that everything that we talk about, we put on Instagram or anywhere else or like anything that anyone knows about us and anything on our website and anything that is out there, like it just has to be drumming and nothing else. Why well, is that? And, well, I don't know why that is, but I can tell you what it does. And what it does, and oh, this is going to, oh man, this is one of those moments. It's going to come off as super arrogant. (laughs) 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 These are the best kind. For the guys that are not hunting, uh, the best way to not sound arrogant is to say this. For those of us who are not hunting for gigs, um, we're we're either done or we're kind of relatively stable with, with, with the gig we've got or whatever. For those of us that aren't like, you know, jockeying for position, we can't stand meeting and talking to people who right when they meet us, I have people offer to, man, if you ever need a sub, let me know, man, I just met you. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I haven't seen you play. I, right. I don't know. I don't know anything about you. I don't know. Like, where'd you go to school? I, you know, cause people can go, well, I went to Berkeley or North Texas and it's like, well, Great. That doesn't mean anything to me. I, I got to see you play on a gig. Like I've seen lots of people from Berkeley that that aren't very good drummers. Right. right. <laughs> you know, I'm, I've seen plenty. You know. Um. So like, I, I we we just met, and you're 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 pushing your you're pushing your yourself as some sort of drum guru with your twelve thousand followers on Instagram. There's there's people in town here that are like, I don't know anything about them, but I do know that they just moved to town. They think they're a drum guru. Their videos are atrocious. They're not in time with themselves. They're pitching these ideas of how to, even stuff like we're talking about. Here's, I'm gonna, I'll tell you how to manage your money. I'll tell you how to get the big gig. I'll tell you how to do this. And they, they haven't shown an example of how they have done that. Right. 
So right. it's like, oh, well, why? Why do you want me to? <laughs> you know, but people that can only talk about gigs and only talk about drums, um, I think they think that that's going to help them be a celebrity or, or, or an internet sensation or it's going to build their brand. That word has become this big thing. Um, they want to be an influencer. They want to be whatever. Um, so but, they, is it, but wouldn't the argument be that that showing that you're multifaceted as a person like, isn't that going to get you, like, if anything is going to get you gigs, it's that, yeah, you have to play your ass off, right? So, like, let's let's even remove that from the conversation, and I know that's going to piss you off, and I don't mean it that way, but, like, let's remove it from the conversation because you should already know that you need to play your ass off and you need to study with someone who can teach you how to play your ass off and you need to work on that, right? Okay, right, you should. So you got that out of the way, right? But, like, even if you're a great, amazing drummer right by all standards if no one knows who you are as a person if they don't understand that like oh you're into other shit like cooking and sports or or whatever else it is like i i to me i'm like that's the way you round out the picture is showing people that like yeah i love drums i'm a drummer i'm a musician i'm all that is cool but i'm also into this and i also do these things and i can have an intelligent conversation about something or like we can laugh about this other shit while we're sitting in a in a van or a bus for 15 hours well yeah you're right 100 percent. and it also plays to um it plays to what your desires are um when i meet somebody and they hand me a card and they tell me they'd like to sub my gig for me and they've never I've never heard of them. They never played a big tour. Um, I, I, you know, I know that they're one faceted. This is what they, you know, they're, they're, they're solely intent on the gig. They obviously haven't thought about what happens when it ends. They obviously, they obviously haven't thought about kind of if it actually is the dream you think that it is, <laughs> which is a whole other episode. We've talked about that. You and I, um, but it, it really goes to what would you like people to know about you? For me, I'm I'm positive there are people out there that they are they only do drums on their Instagram and YouTube and stuff, and I understand why. Um, they that's what they want to push. That's what they want to be known for. They, that that's it. And I guess to some degree, hey, if, if that's what you want to be, cool. I would rather um, make some friends long term. I'd rather be. Uh, um, I don't necessarily feel like I need to be liked. But I would like for people to at least know enough about me to not think that I am foolish by nature. If they disagree with me or they think I'm a jackass or whatever, that's fine. Um, I don't want you to think that if you do think I'm an, a, an idiot or an asshole, I don't want that to come from a place of thinking that um, I am singularly, you know, I, I am focused on drums. I might just have a bad opinion about something, but I mm-hmm. like to show people the, all these other things, uh, aspects of life just to, uh, to me, it's part of being an educator, a real educator. Um, and I don't call myself that because it's not my, it's not my part and parcel. It's not my first order of business, but I was music ed in college. I was going to be a band director. I, I love the pedagogy. I love teaching. Uh, but I also don't want people to think that I think when you see people's sites, you see people's Instagrams and, and all they are is drums. I think you get wrapped up in it to a degree where you think that's all Josh Freese is. Right. But if you dig a little deeper, you realize that Josh Freese is a family man. He loves his kids. He loves Nick. He loves his wife. 
He's a poodle lover. Right. He's, you know, he makes jokes about Volvos. You know, right. his dad is this super crazy character that kind of everybody in the Disney world kind of knows about. Like, there's so many facets of that life that go far beyond the insane clip of him playing with Nine Inch Nails or the, or or this beautiful, you know, thing that he's done with Sting or whatever. The drumming is just kind of a part. For, by, I'm not really, I'm not friends with the guy, but by every buddy's measurement metric of, of, of my friends that are also friends with him he's just this funny dude that's a lot of fun to hang out with that will talk to you about poodles and cars and right. like he's one of the most famous and most successful drummers alive right now and it is great for him to show that that's not what life is. it's not all that life is it's great if you can play for sting man you don't think I'm going to post about it if Sting calls me tomorrow? Hell right. yeah, I am. Right, but I'm right. also going to post about my soup. I'm also going to post occasionally post things about, hey, I uh, almost died. And I'm thinking about my health now. And this is what I'm doing about it. Maybe it'll help you too. Or whatever. I, I think it's important to show multifaceted aspects of life because let's say you get the biggest gig in the world. Unless you're mm-hmm. Larry Mullen and you get the gig when you're 17 and you're now 55 and you're and you're worth a Three hundred million dollars, and you had, you were in the most successful band ever in in your era. Uh, Great. Most of us aren't living like that. So, and even for him, it's not singular. So, for for most of us, you're going to get a gig, and it's going to go away. Mm -hmm. I've had I've had some great ones. I played for Jimmy's Chicken Sack. I played for Tonic. I played for Randy Hauser. All of them went away. Done with John John Party, and it will go away. Right. And and. What then? Well, it's not all drums. You know, it's, it's, I think that it's foolish to just be drums, but I do understand some of the people that want to do that, you know, that want to just, oh, that's what I'm hitting hard, bro. You know, okay, well, I, I take people less seriously when that's all I know about them. If you can be a great drummer, you might still be a fucking prick. I don't know right. anything about you. You know, right. sorry, I'm cussing like a sailor. I apologize. Uh, uh, you know, you're, you don't have to apologize to me. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, the there's a there's so many things that that you just said that sparked other ideas in my head. Uh, side note, uh, I you were in the hospital, and I don't know if you want to talk about that or not, but uh, I I am happy to know that that you're on the mend. Uh, and I saw you know you posted a couple of pictures, and I was like, fuck, what happened? Uh, I'm good. I'm all so, good. And if you want to talk about, it, you can. If you don't, we can. You can just real, pass, the, and we can skip. <clears throat> the uh, real brief one is that. I have one of those those moments where you think this minor thing that you hear a lot, you hear the words hypertension or high blood pressure a lot. It's not that big a deal. Fucking everybody's got it. Damn near, you know, right. Kind of like when people are like, hey, everybody's got high cholesterol or whatever. So you kind of get dulled down to the, the, the weight of how important uh, maintenance of your cholesterol and maintenance of your blood pressure and stuff like that are. And I have had high, unchecked hypertension for a long, long time. And I had a, I, I was sick. I had a, I had a sinus infection. So I was taking all these over the counter drugs like, uh, Mucinex and Afrin and all that stuff. Oh. All, of those things, all of those things spike your blood pressure. Yeah. And they don't spike it concurrently. They spike it consecutively. So like each one will add to it, you know? Got you. So I felt really sick. Like I had the flu and went and just to get checked up in the hospital and passed out a minute. And I was well beyond stroke level, um, hypertension. Wow. And it didn't help that they gave me uh, a drug that I was allergic to uh, in the hospital, which put, made, made it even worse. 
and I ended up in ICU for a couple of days. <clears throat> and, you know, when you're starting to zone out and everything is going black and you hear the coding going off, it is, let me tell you, that is not cool. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that is, you start to really, you know, what's funny, you, you, you ain't thinking about drums. Right. I promise you that. When, when you think, when you hear a lady go, he's coding and you think, oh shit, I'm going to die on this table in San Antonio. You are, I promise everyone listening. And I promise you, no, no one is thinking, man, I wish I'd played one more shed, one more big gig. I wish Sting had called. No, you ain't fucking thinking about that shit. Right. You, you're, you're thinking about your kid. You're thinking about your, your lover. You're thinking about your mom. You're thinking about, you know, you're thinking about, you're thinking about like, wow, what wouldn't I do? to just get another day. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm, has uh, that changed your, your daily perspective? Yeah, I'm starting to, I, I've had a, uh, a, a doctor kind of laugh and just go, man, you just got real bad, bad blood pressure. Like I, I am vegan. I've lost almost 50 pounds since then. That was October. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Like I have really like done a lot and my blood pressure is still crazy high. So I'm on a bunch of meds that are trying to find the right cocktail, if you will, and mm-hmm. lifestyle that'll bring it down. And I think I'm going to hit some sort of critical mass in the spring, probably where I've lost enough weight and, and I eat the right way where like, I just, I, I don't have to be on all the pills, but right. it's starting to regulate now, but I've realized a handful of things. Um, the stress of, arguing with dipshits on Facebook for whatever reason. Maybe you love the president. Maybe you hate the president. Maybe you love this. Maybe you hate this. You fuck it. They'll argue over everything. You're bi- seen- I mean, you're, you're big on, you're big on stoking the fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'll light people up when they're not, when they're just being foolish. If somebody's <laughs> like, man, you know, I, I have friends that are like, you know, uh, they're fans of the current president and that's fine. Be a fan with them. I don't, I've got friends that are, but you at least acknowledge that he, he behaves like a child. Right. At least acknowledge that. Okay, cool. You didn't like the last one? Okay, well, at least acknowledge that, that uh, although he was smug at times, he, 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 he kind of tried to behave like an adult. Okay, we'll acknowledge that. So I bust people's chops for just kind of not admitting something or hypocrisy. And beyond that, what your beliefs are don't concern me. I, like, I'm, 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 I have friends of literally, I have, every, I have friends that I watch on Facebook that are that that are, are arguing one of them will argue pro brexit and the other one anti brexit and vehemently and i love them both right. and they're both amazing people and amazing drummers and amazing friends and they just they their beliefs are different and i have friends here i'm on a bus with every eh, the whole spread is on my bus mm-hmm. the whole spread um to me hypocrisy is where you get called out and that's where I'm, that's where I'll stoke the fires and be kind of an asshole about it. But beyond that, no, but even now, less and less, I realized that arguing, I mean, I've lost family members over political arguments on Facebook before. It's just not worth it. So now maybe that woke me up to the thing where like, if somebody's getting involved and I won't get involved in other people's bullshit as much as I would have five months ago, mm-hmm. I care less, <laughs> um, you know, pet dogs more, eat at home more. Uh, the thrill of going out is great. Uh, you you want to treat yourself because we're away from home and you want to go home and be like, yeah, I'm going to go to that restaurant. I love man. I, I, I don't as much. Um, it's not as healthy. It's too expensive. Um, and it's not worth the reward. It's a dopamine rush. So mm-hmm. for me, I've just, uh, kind of treat life a little bit more precious as far as daily things. I'm minimizing. I have a handful of friends that are, don't realize it, but they're on the chopping block. 
<laughs> if, I, if, if there's just too much bullshit and drama, and if I'm always talking drums, they are incapable of, of kind of living beyond what gig we're doing or what, whatever. They, I, I'm really running out of time for those people. Um, when Sutter and I talked, he called me a couple months ago. We talked for about fifth. We talked for an hour, a little over an hour on the phone. And we don't talk that much because he's busy with share. I'm busy with my thing. He was out of the country. He got back in the States and he was probably running through his phone and making maintenance calls. Like, oh, I'll call Elitch and I'll call, you know, whoever. I'll call my friends that I haven't talked to in a couple months. Right. And, I, I, you know, and luckily, Jason and I are friends enough to where I'm one of them. And one of his Airbnbs is literally the house in my back. Like, if you walk through my backyard and jump the fence, you're in his backyard. Oh, nice. Here in Nashville. So, you know, he calls and says, is the house on fire? Are they partying too hard? And whatever. Um, but we talked for an hour, almost an hour and a half. And you know, Nick, 15 minutes of it was him going, man, you really, you need to apply to do a PASIC clinic. I would love to hear you do one. Um, you know, when you do pick a good title, man, those guys love a good title. You know, he was giving me pointers, right? Right. Uh, you know, but and, and I think stuff. Jason Sutter missed his calling. He should have been a salesman. Oh, I mean, get, fuck Gary, <laughs> fuck Tony Robbins and Gary V. Jason's better. I know. I, I had lunch with him, and I was like, I was, I felt like I was going to set the world on fire when I left. Man, you, you walk out of a meeting, you walk out of a lunch with him, and you want to buy every house in town and rent it out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But go ahead. So what like you were you, like he embodies the ultra entrepreneurial spirit better than anyone I fucking know. Yeah. But I've, I've known Jason since we were in our early twenties, and I love him. Um, and he can hang with people I can't endure. I've got to give it to him. Yeah. He's friends with everybody. Yeah. He's friends, with cool, uncool, fucking smart. He's friends with everybody. Right. And I don't know how he does it, and I love him for that. But. And I am one of the people that he has kept around. <laughs> you know, we only talked about drums for about that basic conversation um, where he was convincing me to apply. Like, we don't, that was the only 15 minutes of that hour and a half were drums. The rest of it was uh, rental property stuff and food stuff and life stuff, art, what, what, we were look, what, what we're hoping to do if we can make it to 70, 75, 80, and how interesting it was that culture and health is, and technology has gotten to the point where now 70 is the new 50, 50 is the new 30, 70 is the new 50, and there are people that are viably creating and, and still with it you know, well into their 70s and 80s and where they normally shouldn't be connected to younger generations right. kind of at all. Right. And we were having these, these deep, these conversations about life, you know, we're two pretty um, uh, seasoned professionals in the drum community where neither of us have paid our bills with kind of anything but drums for years. Right. And we weren't talking drums. Right. I asked right. him how Cher was doing. He asked me how John Party was doing. We talked about, you know, how interesting it was that we both fit these respective gigs that normally you wouldn't think would fit either one of us, but it was kind of interesting. And we talked about PASIC and then it was in for an hour. We talked like, like brothers catching up on, you know, life shit. Oh mm -hmm. man, where, you know, where would you like, what, what would you like next in life? Right. that doesn't have to do with drums. So for me, those are the people that you keep around. Um, I've had some relationships with people that were based on drums only and all of them, went away eventually. And right. there's a few now that need to go. Mm -hmm. So you asked about the shift. I'm, my shift is now life is more important. Right. Um, it's more important than fame. 
Um, it's more important. That's why one of the reasons why I'm such an asshole about the uh, internet, uh, the the Instagram success of like chopsy drummers that like, it's like, what are you doing? You're just screaming into the void. Like you're not actually doing anything. You're, right. you're, you're getting people to, to, you're getting the dopamine rush of, of people you don't know, giving you a thumbs up or a pound sign or telling you how great you are. But ultimately the only person that, the only people that want to hire you are these people that aren't in this country that, that just want a soloist. Right. Right. But like, you know, whoever's going to be the next Tom Petty fucking guy ain't looking on Instagram no. for these dipshits. You know, the crazy thing is, too, that that the the dichotomy of craftsmanship. Right. So, like, if you look at every great musician out there, every whether it be, uh, you know, the lead singer or, 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 or an artist, I meant to say, um, or someone in the backing band or whatever it is. Right. You have this craftsmanship, but the music industry is a fame based business. And the more famous you are, the better, right? So you have to walk this weird line of being a craftsman, being an artist, really honoring that tradition and really honing your craft, but at the same time, being commercially viable and like, for lack of a better word, like be famous, like be as famous as you can be, right? Like, and it's such a, but I think that now all we're seeing is the fame seeking and not the the artistry and the desire to really hone the craft. You know what's funny is uh, when I was a kid, I'm uh, I'm in my late forties, and when I was a young younger man, I forget what era, maybe my early teens. There was this commercial on TV for a year or so. You know, every, there'll be cycles, right? You know, and you know there'll be. You know, like a couple of years ago, Happy was licensed to every fucking every oh bird joint in fucking America. You know, there's cycles, right? Well, there was this one commercial I remember when I was young, where this guy that was like an auctioneer, he was the fastest speaking guy in the world at that time. I remember what he looked like. He was kind of looked like Mr. Bean, but with a mustache. Yeah, the micro like, machines guy. Yeah, I guess he was like. Yeah. He was yeah. talking he was unbelievably fast, right? Well, that guy had his 15 minutes of fame based on speed. That's mm-hmm. all. Right. Nobody gives a fuck about him anymore. I don't even know he's alive. Well, what's funny about great artists is uh, if you're talking about a songwriter or a singer, um, if they're doing that, they're either kind of a clown or they are doing a, they are in a genre where that is beneficial. Like they are the, that Kansas City uh, rap scene where like Tech 9 and uh, Chris Calico and you know, like these very, very quick uh, lyricists exist. But, but in the real, in, in the, in the larger world of art, you know, just saying something really fucking fast is going to make you maybe get you a commercial, but it's not going to get you any further. Well, now there are people that are doing the equivalent of that with drumming. They don't care about the textures. They don't care about the subtleties. They don't care about, about what any of it means, support role, uh, strengthening that support role or, or, or they don't, they don't, that is byproducts that they aren't interested in. There is, it is speed to the point where there are, there are young men and women tuning these wonderful, you know, DW and, and Tama kits and sonar kits. They're tuning these resonant, wonderful drums, like as flat and low and shitty as they can. So they can articulate 
all of these really pointless notes that are really just kind of patterns strung together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a hundred, one of the reasons I'm bitchy about it, I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but I'm not a hundred percent sure what they think their goal is. Right. Um, get a hundred thousand followers or 200 or whatever. So you can sell ads and, and you can, you can make money off of it. So uh, let me yeah. ask you a question yeah. and I have my own thoughts on this, but I, I want to hear your opinion on it. Why does someone, why does someone like that have, a hundred thousand followers and someone who has, you know, who has gigs, who is playing, who's in the studio all the time, like gets real solid work as a great player has 1200 followers on Instagram. Well, we're in a disposable culture and whatever's loudest and brightest and shiniest titillates the most people. Mm. Now that doesn't, that's not me saying everybody that likes them is dumb because that's how that's a lot of people that DM me hate mail think that that's my impression. Um, right. <laughs> I think they're dumb. I would love they, to. I would love to read your DMs just for one. I ought to just post them one day and just black. Man, people are hate. You should, Boy, dude. You they should. do not fucking like me, man. Um, but tag me is, in them and I'll repost every single one. <laughs> <laughs> what they don't get is what and what I what I what I try to say and I and I may not say well. And they don't get it. So I'm not saying that ignorance and stupidity aren't the same thing. And if you're a 13 year old kid male or female, um, you are, there is no way for you to not be ignorant of a lot of aspects of art. You have only been on this planet 13 years and only a few of them have you been cognizant of what the fuck you are. Right. And you're not going to figure out who you are for another 15. So no matter how good you are as a drummer, you are still ignorant of a lot of stuff. So, you know, ignorance uh, put you in a position where shinier things or things that you have been, you know, uh, taught to, to appreciate are what's going to get your opinion. What, what, they're what's going to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's attached to a body of music that you love, I mean, how many, how many, how many young drummers were launched by Travis Barker? Not because he's a hell of a drummer, but because they loved blink 182. Right. It just so happens that Travis can fucking play drums, but they loved blink 182. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I mean, they use band, they love Carter, but, but there's a lot of people now that I think they have a hundred thousand followers because of the, 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 the culture of social media now is someone likes you, you like their thing back, regardless of whether it's worth a shit, they follow you, you follow them back. I had somebody give me shit yesterday via DM just yesterday. He's trying to be cool about it. But he gave me shit for not following him. And I was like, man, it is noise to me. Right. Everyone would be, everyone I follow would be bummed out to find out that about 80% of them are muted. It is violent to my brain. Right. And every time I follow somebody new, um, I... I, I have to go in and unfollow a couple of people because I, I don't, I can't have 2000 people that I follow, not because I'm an arrogant asshole, because I just can't keep up. And yeah. I don't want to miss some of the things that are really, truly friends of mine in real life that are putting out a record or they've done something great today, you know? Um, but these people that kind of gather up friends and likes and stuff like that, they, a lot of them, you know, they hashtag drum fam and they do all the right hashtags at search engine optimization and they just gather up all these people. And what they end up doing is I've seen a couple of posts this week where one of the hyper drummers on, on, on Instagram is like, 
posting some really arrogant shit. Like my groove is impeccable and blah, blah, blah. And what happens is, you know, people will follow that because they think he's an authority, right? Because he's fast as fuck and he, and, and he is confident or arrogant enough to, to kind of peacock for them. And they don't, they can't yet, they haven't yet reached an age or a skill set level where they are confident in themselves. So they will be confident for, because of him Mm -hmm. and they follow it and they, and they are, and that's one of the reasons that some of the platforms that are educational platforms are kind of disagree with because they are, it's clickbait. Everybody is posting clickbait. Everybody's juggling something behind a kit or their how to get faster hands in X amount of days, or this is my big gig. Man, all of us play gigs that are, that are if you're playing a gig at all, I think I said this to you in an interview three years ago. If you're playing a gig anywhere, cover band, wedding band, fucking coffee shop, stadium, you're playing a gig and somebody is paying you money, be it 20 bucks or $200,000, you are in a sliver of 1% of the drummers alive, playing or ever to have played drums. You are in the rarefied air to be paid at all to mm-hmm. play drums. So like, of course we're going to post pictures from our biggest gigs, but these kids see these pictures. And I say kids because a lot of these platforms that sell this shit, they're, 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 they're appealing to the ignorant and the children, you know? So they see a picture of me in a stadium and they think, man, what's that like every day? Well, it's not every day. Right. I don't, right. I don't play stadiums every day. I played for 18,000 people in San Antonio last Sunday um, and it was great. And two nights before that, I played for 1800 people in a casino. Mm-hmm. Both were awesome. I had a better show in the casino to be perfectly frank. Um, and in a month from now, I'll be playing Houston. They've already sold 78,000 tickets. Wow. 80,000. Am I going to post a picture? Fuck yeah. I'm going to post a picture Is it every <laughs> night. No, it's not every night. Right. Am I authority on everything? No, I just am authority on what I know. You know, right. so a lot of people appeal to ignorance, and the clickbait kind of gets them in where they. And the reason I hype against it, and the reason I'm an asshole about it, isn't because I'm an asshole. I probably am, but it's because as as somebody that 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 respects education and true educators, and as somebody that loves this art form, when I see somebody, uh, I've seen recently, I saw a. Uh, somebody that runs a platform talking about, uh, don't work on your weaknesses, mm-hmm. only work strengths. That's what makes you unique. Well, uh, great point. If you're talking to somebody that's already in the field, they're already working, they're gigging. That's what you say to another pro. And that's you're like, a man, Gary Vaynerchuk thing. <laughs> yeah, man, that thing you're doing right there. That's your voice. You really need to exploit that. Like, man, fuck. Hey Carter, that syncopation thing you do. Like that's you, bro. Don't, right. I don't want to hear you play Phil Rudd beats at all. I want to hear you do this. Right. Um, that's what you tell him. A 13 year old hears don't work on your weaknesses and they're fucked forever. Mm-hmm. That, they will use that as an excuse to not work on the, the ring finger of their left hand for the rest of their lives. And they will be a worse drummer at 40 because of that statement. And it's so easy on in, on the internet to just blurt out all these statements and everyone present themselves as an authority without any of the chops to back it up. And it, it, it bothers me. Um, I mean, that's literally the exact opposite advice that I would give someone. That is the exact opposite advice I would give anyone unless they were a pro and I'd be of like, hey, I know you got shit to work on, but I would really exploit this thing. Right, right. 
there man there's a lot there's a lot wrapped up in the i mean the going back to the the thing that we were talking about 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 instagram and followers and all that and all that stuff i what i see is just a a wedge that is getting bigger between the music industry and the drumming industry and my take has always been look i don't care what gets people into drumming but at some point you're you're gonna have to learn the truth and you're either gonna go down the drumming world and like just tour around the world doing clinics or you got to learn what's real with music and you have to learn how to play with other people and understand textures and and sonic choices and and tempo and all of those other things and the thing the the part that that bothers me is that people think they're one and the same and they're not and uh and I think the people who have done it well, who have embraced that thing well, is like you look at like Nate Smith, right? Like Nate Smith, I, I, I found out about Nate Smith probably 10 years ago. Like, you know, I think Facebook was just happening. He wasn't on there. Uh, and like no one really knew who Nate was, but he was playing his ass off with Chris Potter and, and killing it. Uh, and then Instagram hit. And all of a sudden, Nate Smith has 125,000 followers and is, you know, gets a record deal and has all these endorsements. He's playing all these gigs. He starts his own solo thing, right? Um, so that's a person that that understands the music industry, understands music, used social media as a leverage point to to demonstrate what he does, right? And I think it's worked out lovely for him. Use him. I'm going to butt in. Okay. Because he's a great example of he's a great a great example of how fucking idiotic the, the social media actually is. <laughs> Nate Explain. is a mon- Nate is a monster. We all know it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us have known about him. For, he's a Virginia guy, so uh, some of us have known about him for a real long time. Right. Um, the one thing you should get a, a viewer should get from his story. Because obviously this fucking guy didn't start playing good three years ago when, uh, when Instagram showed up. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right. Like this guy, he like he was working on Michael Jackson songs when he was in college at JMU. He 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 failed a couple of classes because he was busy doing gigs. Right. Right. This this fucking guy has been really good for a really long time. Dude, I have a tweet that I sent out in 2008 that says Nate Smith is my favorite drummer of all time. Yeah, you know what? He's 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 a he's a he's a fucking minotaur. Right. He's a raging badass. And I'm I'm not friends with Nate, but he is a monster. I got a lot of respect for him, and we know a lot of the same people. But here's the thing: you listen to this, you, you see this guy come out of nowhere. He's the overnight success that took 15 years, you know. Um, and you, you're seeing him play with with his band. You're seeing people charting his stuff. You're seeing all these clips of him with what is it, Jose James or whoever, he, where he's just like. He's just playing pocket really ahead of the beat, but it feels fucking great. And it's like, it's this thing. No one, all these kids and all these, and I say kids, all these immature players that, that you, you know, they view his story and they don't take the one takeaway that they should, which is the reason that guy is getting all this props. Isn't because he's the greatest drummer in the world. Who the fuck is the greatest drummer in the world? Right. You could argue about Kali Uter or whatever, but there's probably some kid in Bangladesh who there's <laughs> never a greatest in the world. Buddy right. Rich was so it is it isn't it's because he has a voice. Nate Smith sounds like Nate Smith. Mm-hmm. That's why you give a fuck. Yep. That's why he blew up. That's why he's interesting. If he sounded like Jordan, well, you just stick with Jordan. 
Right. If he sounded like Buddy Rich, you just fucking listen to old tapes of Buddy. Yeah. That's why the guys that are like, you know, they're mouthy ass motherfuckers on on social media that are basically just knockoffs of Buddy or whoever else, and they're just mouthy as hell. And it's like, man, shut up! You don't even sound like you. Right. You don't even have a thing. You don't have a voice. You don't have an identity on the kit. You are an amalgam of this other thing that you aspire to emulate. That that's the key takeaway is Nate Smith is this organic thing and he is re- and, and 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 the reason you love him is because you don't you don't sound like him and you don't know anybody else that sounds like him either. He yeah. sounds like Nate. And that's what you should take away. And all these guys that are just chasing each other down the rabbit hole of fast fucking licks, that's what's annoying about it. You can't pick them out of a lineup. And meanwhile, if you look at like you look at John Mayer's cast of characters that have played drums for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Starting with Near and going through Keith and going through, you know, uh, Steve you Jordan, all of them sound like them. Yeah. No one. And you could argue, Oh, I like, I like Aaron better than I like Steve. Oh, oh man. Jordan was the shit. Yeah. They're all, they're all, they're all better than yeah. they were. Oh, all yeah, JJ Johnson than, for a while too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jay and JJ's a fucking monster. I had yeah. to, I had to follow him for a summer when he was with Doyle Bramall the third. It's fucking painful. <laughs> it's painful chasing that guy. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, he's a monster. He's definitely <laughs> an under under the radar. Uh, totally. Like totally. he's he's the silent assassin, man. He is. He's totally. no joke. Totally. But you know, all of those dudes are better than all of his other drummers at at whatever they were doing on that tour. Yeah. Aaron is the best Aaron there is. Steve Jordan is the best Steve Jordan there is. JJ is the best JJ there is. The voice. The, the the identity that is what peeps that that is what's worthy that's what's real um all the licks in the world all the all, all the fucking lessons you put online where all the mouthy you know self promotion that everyone can do don't mean shit if your playing is just average and voiceless Right. Then you're not. Then, then all. Then, then the best you can hope to do at that point, in my opinion, is be a support role timekeeper. And there's plenty of people out there that have made great livings that are making them right now in Nashville. You know, great livings just being a timekeeper that didn't really, didn't really. You know, his feel, his or her feel, isn't necessarily unique, and uh, their their awareness of. Kind of the music isn't necessarily high or whatever, but they're keeping time really good and they're making a good living. And man, great, good for them. But I think to your point when you were talking about social media earlier and, you know, Steve, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Nate, I think that you have to boil things down to their essence. And the essence for me is what, what do they want ultimately? Not out of social media or out of this interview or out of dinner. What do you want ultimately? Do you would like, would you like to make some art? Um, but you're kind of not, you know, you, you, you kind of don't write well with other people and you're not in a band and you really want to be a high, you like the side guy things. You like jumping around and experiencing different things, but you want to still be artistic about it. Okay. Well, there's a path for that. Do you want to be a soloist? I don't know what, what, uh, well, I don't, I don't I can't even come up with a name because you know, there's so many <laughs> famous, famous chops, speed demon fucking right. digits, but you know, pick one. I don't know what they want to do. Do they want to be respected? Well, if you want to be respected by the real, by the real players, uh, chances are your soloing isn't going to get it there. Right. 
because I don't know any, you know, Gad doesn't give a shit about your solo. Right. I, I made a joke that uh, on Instagram the other day. I, I I reverted. Oh man, it was beautiful. I had this moment. I had some. I had a break between lessons, and I just threw on my YouTube on my big TV, and I was. I went back for whatever reason. I went back to that Modern Drummer Festival when it was Weckl and Vinny and and Gad, Gad. right? And yeah. I and I I I, I uh, posted this Instagram story that was like, you know. It's interesting. Weckl and, and Vinny are goats, man. I mean, they're, 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 if there was a ten, if there was a twenty person Mount Rushmore, if there's a four point person Mount Rushmore for drummers, we're all going to argue over them, you know. But if there's a twenty or thirty head Mount Rushmore, everyone's kind of going to stick Weckl and, and, and Vinny in there. And at that time, they were jockeying. If you remember that era, they were the two hot guns. Mm-hmm. Like they. Were jockeying for position showing everybody who was boss they were the new sheriffs in town they were fucking doing it right and and gad was already on mount rushmore right he had already like he he, he already had those definable he's like welcome to the party and he's like he's like hey glad you're here the champagne's over on the left and (laughs) and i made i made a thing i made a post where it was like i i grew up used to hear this joke that we're like this young bull was yelling at the old bulls like let's run let's run down the hill and fuck that cow and the old bull was like no 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 let's walk down and fuck them all you know yeah. <laughs> and gave us like this joke you know and 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 I wrote that every time Gad plays his round his his ten bars or his sixteen bars or whatever every time he plays he is the living embodiment the rhythmic embodiment of that punchline <laughs> like, yeah. Just walking down the hill, just owning everybody <laughs> in the damn building with half the chops. I mean, yep. Vinny, no one has the chops that Vinny Kaliuta does. It, no one does. I, right. I don't. I, I'm starting to think that that guys like him don't even have the same amount of tendons that I have. It's like, nuts, dude. And not I'm only pop- that, but like all the stuff that Vinny plays, like there's all this stuff happening inside of all those chops too, right? So he's like moving everything around he's voicing it differently he's changing the accents he's doing this he's nah. doing that and like it's not just like everything's to 11 everything's as fast as possible and there's no dynamic range it's just like fast well so so anyway i i i, I went off on a tangent and we st- you know i apologize um i think that it's really important to decide first what do you want so when the guys are like oh i just want to be a soloist i want to be famous I want other drummers to know who I am and talk about me. And I would like to do clinics, make, you know, make a couple thousand dollars, a hundred bucks, you know, 1200 bucks or whatever. I'd like to make some money doing that. But really, I want to stay home and occasionally do a tour where really I'm being hired to play solos. Um, but I really just want drummers to talk about me. Okay, well then, cool. Then you're doing it. Then, right. then, then do then, that. Then, then, then the Instagram search window is your friend, and by all means, keep uh, keep pushing it. I mean, I've equated it to if you were trying to get a job in uh, banking, right? And all of your all of your days and weekends and everything, you spent your you spent your days learning how to be a chef, right? And right. then you're like, I don't understand. No one's giving me this banking gig. And I gave, I'm, I'm putting all the, my stuff online about my soups and, and all this other stuff. Like, why is no one hiring me to do their banking for them? Right. Like, right. What, right. What, you're not, so like, that's a, that's a, a weird example, but like, 
I, I've said this all the time and I like I consult with people with whether it be for their, you know, for their business or getting more gigs or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, you say you want gigs, you want to play pop gigs, or you want to get with a you know, a singer songwriter, or you want to get on a bigger tour. There's literally no videos anywhere of you playing a groove or playing right. along with songs or demonstrating that talent. It's just you chopping it up over like a Drake song. Well, yeah. And then when you do post time, there's some, some absurd caption like, my time is impeccable. <laughs> right. My feel is, 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 is fantastic. I'm just here to, man, thank, you know, I'm just here to inspire. That's the, <laughs> that's the newest thing that everybody is saying. Man, I just want to inspire. Do you? Really? <laughs> You're inspiring yourself a lot. I don't know what else you're doing. You're, 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 you're playing fast enough to really turn, turn the children on, but like no one's looking at Instagram to book you for the Paul Simon tour. Right. And what a lot of people don't get, and Nashville's a really great, man, I've got my issues with this fucking town. Um, I, it hurts that outsiders with capital, with venture cap, outsiders that are venture capitalists are coming in and knocking down recording studios to put up boutique fucking hipster jackass dipshit hotels and shit. Like I, it bums me out being here now a lot. And I kind of hide in my house with my lady and my dogs. And, you know, but there is some beautiful things about it. And one of the beautiful things about this town is it will write your fucking ship real quick about what's really necessary on a gig because I can play some licks here and there and hell, I can play Mexican dances on marimba if I, if I have some shed time and get back to my jury hands from back in the day. Yeah. But juries, man. But, but, oh yeah, don't. <clears throat> no, but you know, but what's needed and what's required and what's wanted are more a baseline, not skill set, a really advanced skill set of like awareness of where you're putting the beat and, and, you know, stuff like that for certain gigs, other gigs. I've heard drummers with big gigs in town say things like, there's no such thing as behind the click or in front of the click. There's time, and you're either on it or you're off. Well, great. I guess I guess that gig worked for you, but no one worth a fuck is going to hire you. Right. No, no, no artist like John, John Mayer ain't going to look at you if that's how, if that's how you view it. You're never going to play for John Mayer. Right. You're going to play for you're going to play for a click track soundtrack thing uh, that might be great. Uh, might be artistic. I don't know, but it's just something that is gridded. You're never going to play for those real like hyper artists that are going to push you. Um, but what's more important in this town is, can you roll for 22 and a half hours? Cause that's what you're getting paid for. You know, the, the show is kind of for free. Mm -hmm. uh, we've always said that you and I've actually talked about that before where you're getting paid to not be home. You're getting paid to sit on a bus for 22 and a half hours in the cold and fucking, you know, South Dakota. So, Really, people, even if you're like me and you're kind of known as being, a, you know, uh, opinionated or kind of an asshole or whatever, maybe I'm known as being an asshole. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> at the very least. I don't think you're I don't think you're they, known for being an asshole at all. Well, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I am here. But they at least they talk to each other and they know they kind of know what they're getting into. I know that my bass player and music director, Lee, uh, who's been with John Party since day one, I know that he asked around. And he knew what he was getting into before he called me. So the playing was secondary. He asked, called Miles McPherson and asked him. And Miles was like, yeah, he can fucking play. He can do it. Get him, you know, and thank, thank, thank Miles for that. But, you know, he knew that I was a kind of a bold personality and opinionated. He wanted, he wanted 
he knew that John wanted, you know, veterans, powerful people in his mm-hmm. camp. And right. so he was cool with it here. Here's what doesn't happen. No one in this town keeps gigs or gets them. If the word is that they're a fucking asshole all the time and you can't hang with them on the bus. No right. one. Right. So right. I've, there's a couple of people in particular and I, and I try not to name names, not because I'm scared of them and not because I'm a bitch and not because I, I don't want the fallout. I am fine to out people day long, all fucking day long, because I think if you're a dipshit, you should fucking own it. But I, I, the D the times I've even hinted enough at somebody to where people know who it is. My DMS, I, I get hundreds yeah. of DMs yeah. for, if, if my engagement rate is staggering considering I have 6,000 followers. I get hundreds of hateful DMs. If they think that <laughs> some guy that they love I, that I've criticized somebody that they, right. fuck, they think is a God, but I've heard of people in, 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 in LA that are very unpleasant that say things like I'm the miles Davis of drum set and they, and they get themselves tossed off of gigs regularly for their attitude. Somebody then, said I'm the miles Davis of drum set. Yeah. I won't name who, but yeah. Uh, it, 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 but then you look at a clip of them and you think, my God, this person might have more facility than anyone I've ever seen. Like literally, unreal level of physical physicality and skills, right. but they're not working. And Nashville is way worse in that regard. You will not stay on a gig. If you can't keep your shit together on a bus, right. you will not, you will not get a gig. You will not get an audition. You will not. If you, you, I had a guy D I had a guy DM me and he is a known, known hotshot in IG world. And he DM'd me, um, and no, as a matter of fact, he didn't DM me. He got my number from somebody, and he wouldn't even he wouldn't even out who gave him my number, and it pissed me off. <laughs> but he t- texted me, and I was like, who, "Who's this?" And he was like, "Oh, come on, you know who this is." And I was like, "No, I don't. You got a fucking LA number. Fucking, if your number ain't in my phone, I don't know who this is." He told me who it was, and I was like, "Yeah, what is it?" He asked me if he could sub for me, and told me he was looking for work. And I was like, man, I'm not trying to be a, a prick, but I don't know you. Right. You know, like I've seen you play. I've seen your clips, but you know, and you can, I, I, I get you can solo and everything, but like you play every clip I've seen you play. If you played like that, even at sound check, just warming up, my artist, John is a, he is the perfect combination of Dwight Yoakam and George Strait. He is, su- he is, he is Texan and Valley Californian and he likes coming to sound check and he likes trying new things. And if he walked in the room and you were doing that shit, you would be fired. Right. He would, <laughs> he would rather do the show acoustic and take the hit on, on money than be on stage with some dipshit flailing about behind him. Right. Right. And I didn't say all of that, but I let him know like that's, that's not going to work here. And even this cold call, you should have shot me a text and said, Hey man, this is so-and-so. Uh, we haven't met in person, got your number from so-and-so, just wanted to make the connection. I get right. lots of those, and I'm always like, hey, good to meet you. I don't really go for coffee a ton with people. I, you know, I, I, right. I, just don't, I just don't. I don't have, you know, I don't have the time to. But, like, when am I going to be near you next? Like, let's, let's try to meet up. I'm I mean, always game. The coffee, yeah. thing, the coffee thing is, like, I get a lot of that, too. And 
uh, I mean, probably for different reasons, but I get a lot of like, Hey, I'd love to like grab coffee with you. One, if I took everyone up on it, I get nothing done because I'd be going out to get coffee all the time. But when I would get, when I wanted to get coffee with someone, I would say, look, how much do you charge for a lesson? It's hundred bucks an hour. Okay, great. I don't want a lesson. I just want to have coffee for with you for an hour, but I'll pay you a hundred bucks. How's that sound? Man, you know, there's a, there are guys that do that. There are guys here that like charge for that. I don't really think to. If somebody offered that, I don't know what I would do. I think for me, like um, I I value people's time. So if I which call, is it, totally awesome that you, that. that but I, I'm like, I dude, that. I don't I don't know you, but you have some information and knowledge that I would like to learn from you and. Like you, if you're going to teach me about drumming and all those sorts of things, like I would imagine that like I can come to your drum studio and talk to you for an hour and you can talk to me about the business or talk to me about, you know, about concepts and different things like that. And I'll pay you a hundred bucks. I'm totally fine with that. But like, I don't need to sit down and like go over some stuff on the kit. I want to talk about some other stuff. I, I, you know what? No one's ever, I don't know if anyone has offered me money to Go have coffee. I don't know what I would do because I love money. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times, I I, I, I would also be embarrassed. I, I don't know. I, I I appreciate that someone who respects my time. Um, the reason I was late calling you is my friend Megan Karchman. Megan Jane uh, is a drummer in town, and she's fucking great. She's really um, she's starting to def- really define her voice, and she's got a lot of gigs going on. She's really doing good shit. And she comes over to get a little tune-up every once in a while. And I, we, I, you know, she paid me for an hour less, and we went for two hours because I just, I just got down in it. You know, we, we just got down in it, started spinning, and, and, and it was getting a good stride for her and helping her, and, and I, I didn't stop, yeah. you know. Um, we got to the end, and she offered me more money, and I, I bitched at her. I was like, you should yeah, have taken yeah. it because wait till you see my bill for you being late. Ah! <laughs> hey, are you tired of coded drum heads chipping and flaking after only a few hours of play? Tired of premature denning and breakage? Well, welcome to the next generation of coded drum heads, Evan's new UV coating technology. They're made with proprietary inks and a new UV light curing process, so these heads are able to withstand strikes, brush strokes, and rim shots better than anything on earth. That means you get to play heads that sound and look fresh for longer, and you can spend less time tuning and modifying and changing heads. They're available in one-ply and two-ply, as well as Evans' proprietary hydraulic and EMAD systems. Check them out by going to evansdrumheads.com. Do you know why when you tune a drum, you're supposed to go diagonal across the drum? That's because your drum is flawed. I hate to break it to you, but your drum is is flawed because of the way that the edge is. The typical edge doesn't allow the drum head to sit on it properly. So when you tighten down one lug, it causes the drum head to shift and pop up on the other side. That's why you have to tune it diagonally. But now with the new Sonic Clear Edge from Mapex, that's a thing of the past. The Sonic Clear Edge allows the head to sit flush. So it promotes ease of tuning, increased shell resonance, and optimal tonal clarity. So you're going to have to do a lot less work and get a lot greater sound. To learn more about the Sonic Clear Edge, go to mapexdrums.com. I love meeting people for coffee. I love meeting new people. I'm going to try really hard this year to like do do um, clinics or lessons or stuff when I'm out on the road uh, during the day. But like, it's weird when people kind of 
they meet you and it kind of goes back to what we we're saying in the very beginning where they just assume that all you have to talk about is drums. Um, and that's all they want to talk about or gigs and they're just fighting for it. And I, uh, that's when I know they haven't been around. Uh, right. cause anybody that's done this for a minute knows that life is, uh, much more. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, I think, you know, now you saying all this, I wanted to make sure that I said something uh, a few minutes ago. I thought about it, but you like, you know, in jest, you say a lot like, oh, people think I'm an asshole and all. And I what I, what I get from you and like what I've always thought was you you're like, look, I'm just going to tell you how it is. And here's the truth. But I believe that most of it, like all this, most of the stuff that you're saying is coming out of a out of a place uh, from love and and you care about it. You care about the art. You care about the the people who were involved in this community. You care about the the legacy of drumming, and you want to make sure that it that it continues. And I think that uh, I I I believe, and I could be wrong because I don't you know I don't know how you feel about the information that I put out there, but I feel like that's that's why people have like accepted me into this community as well because I'm like, look, I'm not gonna uh, there's I'm not clickbaiting you. I'm not trying to you know, deceive you. I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm not as, I'm not as like, uh, as forward as you are with it, but I'm still going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and be like, uh, and beat around the bush and, and all that. Um, but so I, I just wanted to make sure that that was said that, that you, uh, that I believe that, that the things that you say and the things that you do are from a place of, of caring about the craft. Well, I appreciate that. I, I, my, my goal um, and my love for this really is, uh, it really is just for the love of the game. Um, and honestly, uh, one of the reasons a minute ago I said, well, it, all of this depends on what you, what you hope to be and what you, uh, you know, what you would like. If you are just titillated by um, soloing, and I, I'm going to use Thomas Lang as an example, even though he's not just a soloist. I mean, fuck, he played for Falco when he was 19. Right. So the guy can pocket. Uh, we may not see him in that light because he's always he's he's he's, he's a well known clinician and and I've hung out with him once and he was real sweet to me so I I, I think he's an exceptional dude and and player obviously um, but we kind of know him as the soloist or whatever if that's what you want to go down then okay then then soloing on Instagram might might be a really that might be a really smart step for you um, if you if you would like to work. Uh, like a Jason Sutter, who has had Smash Mouth, Foreigner, Marilyn Manson, Cher, Chris Cornell. Like, he just keeps keeps racking them up. If you want to do that, he's not getting those gigs because of his fucking solos. Right. That's not why he's getting gigs. Right. Maybe um, his brush solos or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, his brush solos are pretty great. But he's getting <laughs> gigs, you know, because of the his personality, the people he knows, the, the relationships he's cultivated. Right. And in a world where people can be really cheesy in cultivating them and handing out cards and stuff like that, it, whether it is or not, I'll have to ask Jason, uh, whether it's genuine or not, doesn't matter. It, it seems like he's genuinely happy to just meet new people and and, be, and develop the relationship. Right. At least I've seen him do that with people I've introduced him to. Um, but so it really does depend on what you want. And I don't begrudge anyone's success. And if they are a soloist and they're just screaming into the void behind the drums, I don't give a fuck about it. Right. And when I see those guys, nothing makes me want to watch Instagram videos less than, uh, you know, uh, right. fast patterns. 
I've done the Chafee books. I've done the Chester books. I, I can see it when it's groupings of fives and sevens with, you know, the four, the four hands and two kicks. Yeah, I get it. We've right. done it. I've if you're it. listening to this podcast right now and you haven't worked out of both the Gary Chafee book and the, the Chester book, then you should hit stop and go grab fucking, go fucking download them. Go buy know? those, both of those books right <laughs> and now. And while you're at it, get, there's like a Copeland, I think his name's Copeland, Keith Copeland. There's a Copeland book where there's like a jazz thing where it's basically, and all the books are the same. Mm-hmm. It's an ostinato thing. It's an ostinato setup where you comp with other limbs. They all, it's all the same shit. Right. And then, that Gary Chester book, like, Blue, like my head exploded though. Uh, yeah, it'll melt your brain. It's like snorting. You like it's like snorting cayenne pepper. You just get <laughs> your, your fucking eyes are gonna water, right. you know. But then go get and for kicks, hey man, go get Rick Latham's book. That advanced yeah. funk studies. That shit it's is a great fun. book. Yeah, I think that if you have if you have stick control, advanced funk studies, uh, um, what's the Garibaldi book? Uh, I can't think of the name of it. Um whatever the Garibaldi book is future sounds, uh, Gary Chester and Gary Chafee. Like you stick with those for the next 15 years. I think you'll be, you'll be good. I think any good educator. And I bet if you ask those, you know, those authors, I bet they would want what I want from lessons, which is, and I always tell people like, oh, okay, well take this exercise and build your own out of this. Like right. this is an ostinato thing where you comp. Cool. Take that and go. This is a group. This is how you, just pay attention to the math of subdivisions and groupings of fives and sevens and sixes. Just make the math work and move it around on the different surfaces. The tonality of the surfaces are going to make this sound weirder and weirder and weirder. Enjoy, have fun, do your own shit. Don't cop me. So my thing is that like, you know, so yeah, I think you're right. You don't need a lot of books and you know, a lot of stuff that people are making books about now uh, can be taught pretty quickly, right? In like five minutes, right? It's not worth a book. Um, but you know, so it, let, I, w- I was going to let me let me. I want to wrap a bow. I want to wrap a bow on this thing because to move because I want to talk to you some, about some other things and and tell me if I'm correct when I say this. Um, I think you're you're the things that you post on Instagram and all that and and where you're coming from. I think your beef is the same beef that I have. In the drumming world, but also like I'm, you know, I'm pretty deep in like the business world and and entrepreneurial world and all that. I don't like people selling courses about how to build a business and their only business has ever been selling courses on how to build a business. And on the other side, in the music, on the, in, you know, in the music side, I don't like bullshit information being pawned off as the real thing, uh, to make money. And that's like, to me, that's your big beef is like, don't put out shit and pretend it's something else. Man, 100% nose, uh, finger on nose. Um, that is my, that is what chaps my ass. I don't like Tony Robbins. I don't like Gary V. Gary V is a really good example. And I'm sure somebody will fucking you know, send him a link to this and, you know, just goes hating on you because by all means, if you criticize something now, somebody labels you a hater as if you can't just criticize something for call it out for what it is. But here's what's funny. Um, if I like that guy, he's, it's not like he's saying anything profound. He's like, not. it's getting, he's giving life advice. He just says fuck a lot. Right. So it's edgy. And you know, what's funny. And, and Elitch and I were actually talking about this. It's kind of funny. Tony Robbins, as soon as Gary Vee got big, Tony Robbins started cussing. Yeah. 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 The it's one so thing cheap. I will say, like, it's I so fucking cheap. I it's, like Gary Vee 
the only and this is my this is my only thing about Gary V. Uh, before anyone knew who he was, he took a wine business that he built from three million dollars a year to sixty million dollars a year. And hey, that's no social media, cool. like no nothing, and now he owns was. a thousand person digital marketing agency and yeah. is the re- like so. That's no, that's the, that's the entrepreneurial in you loving the fact that this is this is a, in a world now where people are talking about like oh but he's a businessman that's actually a businessman right um, that's actually done business and done it successfully right. so hey man good for him I'm not I'm not criticizing that I just think that it's funny when people uh, are acting like he's the second coming of Christ and he's I saying agree like these, with that. these profound statements and none of it is profound be bold. Basically, listen to your inner fucking monologue, be bold, take your shot when you get it, you you, you miss all, you know, Gretzky said it better, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, done, (laughs) motivational speaking over, never again, he said it. And I totally agree with that, and like anything that comes out of his mouth, people are like... Oh my God. Like it's like it's gospel. Yes. They shit their pants when Brene Brown or whoever. And a lot of people, they say great things, but every time somebody says anything that could be uh, construed as self-help, other people just hang on it as if it's like doctrine or gospel when Mm -hmm. it's like, man, sit in a quiet room without your fucking TV on for a minute. You're going to come up with those same thoughts. Right. You know, and, and for me, my issue with drumming stuff is just that don't, don't pretend. Like, like, oh, you, you tell me you want a gig, but you don't play or approach people like you want a gig. You, you, you say you don't. Um, right. and, and people are presenting themselves as drum gurus. This fucking Nashville is lousy with assholes that aren't from here, that moved here, and now have a bunch of purchased followers. And they, they're smiling into the camera playing really fast paradiddles, or they're playing awful shit like... The beat number one, they're offering part of their course, all these lessons and stuff, and they're all garbage. And and their their limbs aren't in time with each other. They're fucking not beats you you would play ever in real life. And these people have never had gigs. They've never done they, they they're just guessing and they're calling themselves drum gurus. Well, that bothers me. Right. Not because they're getting successful. Everybody's like, oh man, you know, you don't respect the hustle. I had somebody fucking say that to me a couple of weeks ago because I busted somebody's chops. One of the biggest, most successful drummers on planet Earth has a GoFundMe to, for other people to fund his practice studio. And I was like, he's not even offering lessons. Right. right. Offer lessons for fuck's sake. You don't, <laughs> don't, just, don't just say, hey, give me money. I make t- way more fucking money you're ever going to make playing drums. But hey, I'd like for you to buy my studio. No, nah, man. Offer him something. Right. I'll give him a signed stick or a t-shirt <laughs> I wore on stage. You know, at this right. show or a fucking lesson, like I, I and and I don't know him. He's might be the sweetest guy in the world, but I, I just mentioned it, and somebody's like, "Oh, you just fucking hate him." I'm like, "No, I fucking love his drumming." Right. I'm just I'm making a point that like don't don't ask for shit if you're not going to offer it. Right. Don't 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 ask me for coffee if you're not going to buy my coffee. <laughs> right. All right, right, right. I agree. I agree. <laughs> you know, but and I so but I do get I do get chapped about uh, you know positioning and brand hunting. Uh, when it doesn't have anything to do with all you're doing is hunting for the brand. I guess it's okay. Cool. Go for it. Um, Congratulations. What do you want? Do you want the respect that Gad has? You ain't going to get it. Not like that. Right. Not like that. And and then it ties in with what we were supposed to be talking about, which was the money stuff. That's where I'm going right now. So we got to go. I want to get there. And and I got to go soon anyway. But this ties in with that because it's like, what what say you want to be a soloist how is that how is that sustainable 
you know, um, if you'll shut up for a minute, and maybe consider what you're doing. I can, I can show you some things that'll help you get work. And what, because I do, as you said a minute ago, you're right. I do love this. I do love this job. I love this art form. That's why when people are like, man, what's that thing hanging for your drum? Oh, that's a little scrunchie that you clip to your drum and you put your key on the other end. Oh, why do you do that? Oh, because when the lights are out on your gig and you need your key, you can just reach down, find it. And then just when you're done, drop it while the, when you're counting in the next song and it will always be hanging there. Mm -hmm. And everybody goes, well, what the fuck, dude? I've never thought of that. And it's like, yeah, well, Mike Kennedy taught me that I'm passing it along. Right. It's a little example. Right. 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 Um, and long before Aquarian had those just big sticky patches, you could just slap on the kick drum to save the day. Mm -hmm. You long, you know, those are awesome. Before then, I just kept a floor tom head, an old used floor tom head, right next to my stick bag. You just drop it in between the beater and the busted head, and it would displace the energy and at least get you through a song. Right. right. You, know, you do little tricks like that. Well, you pass along the tricks. Why wouldn't you pass along the beats and how to how to manipulate the click, the, the time around the click, and how to when your singer says he wants it faster, but the song's at the right tempo, how to just chop the hat and not pulse on it to imply tempo to him and still make everybody else happy. Why would we not be passing these things down? I want, I want 18 year old, you know, girl graduating high school right now that wants to be a professional drummer. I, you know, there's plenty of bullshit on Instagram. What I would like for her to find is like this old fucking geezer coming up on 50 and playing in country music to go, Hey, you want to know what? These are a handful of tricks that you're going to be able to use to make money. I'd love for you to buy a house by the time you're 25, buy these tricks. That's right. what I want to do. That's what I want to teach. Yep. And then once you buy it, you can get into the financial stuff. <laughs> right. So let's talk about, and I, and I agree. And I think, you know, I don't want to open Pandora's box, but I think a lot of that is just, you know, uh, a scarce scarcity mentality and think that people are going to take their gigs and all that. But, um, so let's talk about a little bit about, about finances. Um, one of the things that so I posted I posted the thing you were I think you were one of the first people to to comment on it where I said um I said in 2020 I'm going to start talking more about the financial side of the music business it's not as sexy as linear patterns around the kit but when I see 50 year olds who aren't touring anymore unable to pay their bills I know it's something that needs to be addressed Financial literacy for musicians is a real thing that needs to be discussed. I'm not saying people have to have an MBA in finance, but having some understanding of money and investing for the future is important. And the, it's, it's bothered me for a long time. And one, a lot of times when I bring these topics up, people start to, they get a little, they get a little antsy and they don't want to talk about it. Not, not the people I have on the podcast, but if I post something about it on Instagram or something like that, a lot of times it's like, well, I'm an artist, man. I just want to play and I don't want to think about business. And I don't like, I, I could have gone and been a banker, but instead I'm a drummer. But you have to understand the financials of this game because if you're a freelance musician, guess what? You own a small business and you have to plan for the future. So, what are some things that you do or some advice that you have for people uh, who are doing this? professionally full-time or are sort of teetering in the middle of like, how are you ha handling your finances? How are you thinking about those things? How you, how are you handling insurance? Uh, what goes into all of that or all of those decisions for you? Well, I'm a really uh, good example because I'm a bad example. <laughs> uh, I was married uh, after a divorce. I was kind of still holding 60 grand in income tax debt from mm -hmm. her um, um, from, and, and, uh, short sold a house, the whole nine yards. So I've been, 
I've been up Shit's Creek for a long time. And battling your way out of it, I think, um, involves some of the techniques and perspectives that I think you're asking about. And I will start by saying uh, I think that it's really important to ask yourself what you need. It's real easy for us to treat ourselves. Oh, I need this snare drum or I need this whatever. Ask yourself what you need. How many drum sets do you need? How many snare drums do you need? Do you need that nice car? You know, it's what you need. Now, we all feel like we deserve something. Oh, man, I've worked so hard this year. I deserve this or that. Um, Deserving got shit to do with survival. Right. (laughs) So... You know, for me, I think that a, a really important aspect of all of this is to is to define needs more than wants first. And then you can make and then your decision, uh, you know, if you buy something or if you don't buy something can be truly based on, you know, you can be like, you know what? I wanted that. I wanted that. And I treated myself to that. And I, 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 I work on, I work in a very transactional manner. So I think to myself, what do I want? What do I need? What will I trade for that? I think of it the very same way. I think about food now because I am addicted to eating food. Some people like heroin or sex or booze. For me, it's food. And I would think, okay, well, I, I'm going to have, I'm going to have pho tonight. You know, uh, I'm, okay, that means no noodles tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Even, even though they're rice noodles, nope. I, you know, so I keep a transactional account. So for me, um, I think it's very smart to def- to to define needs versus wants, and uh, kind of keep. You have to keep yourself in check. Every day can't be treat day, right? Every day, you know, every day can't be. Oh well, I owe myself this, you know. Um, and then on on just. Bigger, honestly, just bigger statements of finances. I would tell any kid, any kid that's getting into this and 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 kind of fresh to it, and they start making money. Like, a first of all, you save your bread because rent sucks. Whatever town you're moving in, if there's a music industry there, it's going to be expensive to live there. So you know, maybe maybe you know, save your money, blah blah blah. But when you start making any. Instead of the, the nice car, instead of the, um, the, the, the really expensive snare drum, instead of all of that, put your money away and plan on get, get, get a little fund going for hard value things like a piece of real estate or something like that, knowing that you might not be able to uh, buy a $400,000 house in the town you're in, that doesn't mean you can't buy a $200,000 house two towns away and rent it out. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think really short term and it's really, I, I am in a really, I'm catching up now. And it's all I think about because at the, at my age having, you know, it was still digging out of some past things. I'm having to address the fact that I didn't do this when I was in my twenties. But if you're in your twenties and you just got a gig, you're out of college, you've paying back your shit, you know, you're thinking about like going out, taking a vacation, fucking buying something really expensive for yourself, treating yourself or whatever. Um, I promise you 50 comes way fucking faster than you think it does. Right. So when you're sitting over there like, Oh man, you know, I got plenty of time to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to, no, don't, don't, don't tell yourself any of that bullshit. Spend your money, you know, save up your money for a piece of real estate or something, a rental property, something like that. That way, when you're 40, um, 
you don't you won't have to take gigs you don't want. You won't be you you won't be like fuck. I I have to stay on the road past fifty or right. sixty or whatever. And I think that the there's lots of avenues you can go down. And we're kind of cramming it in here at the end. And I'm sorry that I ran my mouth earlier. Um, good. But there's a lot of things. There's a lot of techniques and and you know saving and investing and do this with an IRA and do that. You know, there's this is how you this is what you should look for in the stock market. You can go down any one of those avenues. I think an overarching view. Uh, that would be smart for younger people to hear is um, that time you hear time passes you, you hear oh you know it goes faster than you think it is it, it, they don't you 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 will never know how fast that is until you're older and it hits you like a rock right. so uh, I, here is somebody that has paid every bill that he's ever gotten since 1993 with drums <laughs> and I am telling you it comes faster than you think. Right. And you will be middle age and beyond. And if you have, if you spent your twenties going out on a limb, buying a place, paying it down, renting it out. Even if you don't live there, I, 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 I have a, one of my lessons, the younger man that is currently owns a house one city away in Cookville from Nashville. And He's renting that. He owns a house and he's renting it long term and he lives in an apartment in Nashville. There you go. Smart. And the point will be that he'll have a couple of more homes that he doesn't even live in. Mm -hmm. But over the next 20 years, they'll start paying for themselves. A couple will probably pay it off. They'll be long. He'll have to do some maintenance on them and get an HVAC here and there. That's five, six thousand dollars a pop. All of it seems very scary and very expensive. Um, but if you are bold. And if you get into it and if you just learn, the internet exists, you can open up a, a browser and know everything you need to know about buying a house over a weekend. Right. And if wow. anyone wants to learn about real estate investing in general, there's a website called Bigger Pockets that I recommend you check out. Yeah. Or jasonsutter.com. Just fucking call <laughs> yeah. Sutter. Yeah. Sutter will tell you how to, Sutter, Sutter's got 9,600 9, 9, fucking Airbnbs. Like, <laughs> right. Like, you think share buys those hats? No, man, that's like an Airbnb money. Right. But you know, you know, the thing is that that student of mine, when he is in his forties, if there is a moment where he's without a gig, he gets fired or he quits a gig or something happens, an artist you know retires, and and nothing else is coming up, or these shitty gigs are hitting his are hitting his radar, and he doesn't want to do them. Guess what? He doesn't have to do them. Right. He can work on a book or he can open up a, 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 you know, a coffee shop or he can do something else. He won't be beholden to the grind of, of desperation looking for gigs. He will have these other avenues that are able to keep him alive. You know, uh, when, when Travis McNabb, who plays for uh, Sugarland and he played for Beth and Ezra. He's one of my, one of my very, very good friends. And he came over to the house the other day and we didn't talk again. We didn't talk drums. We stood in my kitchen and we talked about how both of us are looking commercial. He, you know, he's in commercial real estate stuff and he'd flip, he and his wife flip houses and things. We were talking about how these other things are now kind of what gives us excitement because they're actually the things that help us. The drumming is our love, our greatest, longest love, and it's what we've done as a vocation for 30 years. But, you know, these other things are the things that are going to give us the comfort, you know, if we, if we can do them right, 
you know, when we're, when no one wants us to drum anymore, because if, unless you're Tommy fucking Lee or you're Larry Mullen Jr. And if you get lucky and you're in a band and you, and you're worth millions and not a few million, a few million can go away real quick. Right. (laughs) You know, if, if, you know, if you, unless you've got hundreds of millions, well then you, you're fine. But if, if you don't, then what are you going to do when drums are over? Right. And you had a plan. I mean, I, I get it. You had a plan for it. You know? and the be- and so I think the overarching thing is the best plan is for those things that, um, Billy Freeman was talking to me the other day, because I guess he's a real, he's a real Dave. What's that guy? What's that money guy? Dave, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real Dave Ramsey guy. Uh, but he was like, I don't buy anything anymore that doesn't, that, that doesn't either increase it. I don't buy anything. I'll lose money on. Right. Like and a car. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so like I am, uh, um, I'm about to buy a car and of course I'm not going to buy a new car, mm-hmm. you know, and I might even buy a car that I kind of don't care about. That's a little nicer than I want. And I'll just tur- put it on Turo every weekend when I'm gone and go. let, and let that pay for it. Right. And people are like, oh, I don't want somebody driving my car. I don't give a fuck. Well, you got insurance. <laughs> I, you know, I got insurance and, and the money it will make me back. I'll just buy the thing I really like that I don't let anybody drive in two years. But maybe that facilitates it. So, like, I think that the overarching view is just, you know, um, you have to know that your time here is limited and it goes by very quickly. And it, 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 when you, if you're caught up in worrying about the gig and only, that's the only thing you care about, well, you're going to get real fucking surprised when 47 rolls around, nobody wants you to play drums for them anymore. And, or 50 set, even if you've had a good run, 60 mm-hmm. set at some point, no one's going to give a shit. Right. And if, and if you're, if you're 51, unless you've made enough money to retire, then you got to go get a job, a quote unquote job. You got to figure out something you have to, you have to either go work for a brand or go get a job doing something else. But then you look back and you're like, well, I haven't really done anything in 25 years except play drums what's your so what's your skill set you know it's like that's why a lot of guys end up going into real estate or selling real estate because it's a it's a great second career or if you're planning early and you're and you're 22 and by the time you're 55 you can own 10 houses that are cash flowing now we're getting somewhere yeah now you're getting somewhere but at the end of the day i think it really boils down to understanding that the, these these things in the moment that seem really titillating that will that will give you some pleasure this fly by night pleasure, this fast car, this fucking, you know, whatever. Um, if you're a big steak, T-bone steak and whiskey guy, maybe don't get the, uh, maybe you're not getting the big T-bone and the EH Taylor every week. Right. Treat yourself to that twice a year, make it worth something, make it valuable by, by, by its infrequency. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, do you need, nine snare drums really because <laughs> right. my shit i gave my i give my buddy jeff shit all the time he's got 30 yeah and then i saw christopher williams a couple days later and he's like that's nothing and i was like oh my god how many do you have like, <laughs> i've got five i got five drums and they're all ludwigs right i got three <laughs> i have three snares that's right you know i've got i've got i've got a, a set of 1972 ludwigs at the house and i've got a red that red kit on the road and i'm I, you know i'm gonna order another one for the studio but like 
I don't have 12 drum sets. I don't right. have fucking six cars or two cars. I, I sold my motorcycle. Like, you got to be careful. Um, and so I think a lot of it is in like, don't, you know, it's not like don't treat yourself, but it is be smart. Right. So for me, can you get, what businesses can you get into that you can maintain uh, while you're chasing music as, as your primary career? Well, there's lots of ways now. I'm, I'm taking coding classes online because I thought, well, fuck, if I have eight hours a day on the bus to kill, you know, next summer, I won't be able to do it in time for this summer, but maybe next summer, I'll just code apps and stuff for kicks, make an extra 40K that year. Right. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, why not? Because, oh, oh, you're a famous drummer. Why wouldn't I? Well, A, I'm not a famous drummer. B, who doesn't like extra 40? I don't care if John's paying me great or not. Who doesn't like an extra 40 fucking thousand dollars? Exactly. The way, exactly. The, and, and they also need to... Uh, it's scary to say this too, but, um, we are in a different boat than our grandparents or even our parents, mm -hmm. definitely my parents, but for you, you're, you know, you're younger than me. And for anybody that's in their twenties or young thirties or they're in a different, they're in a different a whole world different than me. Um, my parents, their grandparents grew up in a different time when, um, when, you know, some of the social services of the country were solvent and, right. They were going to pay in, and when they were when they were old, uh, there was going to be money there to take care of them. Yeah, and, uh, and the kind of one for all, all for one thing. They didn't use the word socialism back then because that was a bad word, and it still is painted as such. And you know, and I get people have their arguments to pros and cons, but at the end of the day, um, what was a group thing to benefit that generation uh, that is now the boomer generation? You know, that, that's not going to this thing could be there for us right. and, or at least not, not as much. And by the time the kids that are 20 coming out of Berkeley and Belmont and stuff like that and 21 and they're getting going, um, they're absolutely not going to have that. So no one's going to look out for them. Right. Uh, that, that's become kind of evident, uh, regardless of party or who you vote for, they kind of, none of them give a shit about you. <laughs> so, <laughs> So it's kind of really smart to just give a shit about yourself. So I know guys that have lawn cutting services. We get home Sunday morning. We get off the bus at 10 o'clock. You can knock out a few lawns before you, before you get back on the bus. on Other hustles. Yeah. It doesn't have to be drums. Man, pe I, people wear this like a badge of honor where it's like, I just do drums. That's all I do. I just drums. That's all I do. And it's like, okay, well, you made $27,000 last year. so you should I probably. wish I did more than drums. I mean, I only have one job, and it's playing drums for John Party. But I teach. I've taught three today. I, 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 you know, I don't charge kind of as much as I should or I could rather, but I like teaching. Um, I do some sessions. I do some e-sessions. But still, it's all drumming. I'm yeah. hungry to find these things that don't have anything to do with drumming because it's a it's it's an industry where it's it's based on the whims of people what what they like today versus what they like tomorrow. Right. So, you know, I want you know you want hard value things. You want to diversify in things. It doesn't mean that you're not a pro. It doesn't mean that you're not a legit musician. It doesn't mean that you're not that you're not going to be respected. It just means that you're smart enough to see that that there are other hustles that are fine to do. And you just have to have, you just have to, have to be bold enough to do them. Yeah. I, I, I know somebody and I'm not friends, I'm not really tight with him anymore, but he played in a um, pretty successful cover band in the DC area and made, he made fucking better money than most of the people in Nashville do. He made like 75 grand. Um, but his side hustle was flipping cars. Nice. He was like, he was like a used car salesman, but kind of on a personal level. Like you would call me and be like, bro, can you find me a Triumph TR6? I'd be like, yeah, let me look. 
Right. You know, he was one of those and he makes like an extra 15, $20,000 a year. And it's not a lot, but an extra 15 or $20,000 a year is like, that's all of your rent in a small, in a, in a rural area or in Nashville, that's half your year's rent or that's a car payment per yeah. year. Or I mean, look for- at Jason Sutter, like he sells art, he sells houses, you know, and he was like, he even said he was, he was worried about going public with that for a while, you know, and I mean, he said it publicly on the podcast. This wasn't like a conversation that we had at, at lunch, but, but he was like, I was worried about it. I was worried about like, oh, is, are people going to think that I, you know, I'm struggling or, or that like, I can't hack it anymore. And he's like, yeah. no, I'm just into other shit and I like making money. So yeah. And fuck that. If anybody does think that, fuck them. I mean, the bottom line is Jason is actually, he has a real estate license. Like he has yeah, a real yeah. estate agent. So do I. You know? yeah. And I'm, I am, I would like, I'm going to look in, uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about, uh, we want to get it. We want to get our commercial. We want to go into commercial stuff. Um, All you have to do is get, um, you can just get your regular real estate license and then you can sell whatever you want. And then, well, that, because we know some people that do that, that actually own a few businesses that, you know, they were like, oh, well, fucking we'll get it <laughs> instead of sell it. I'll just buy it, you know? Right. Um, but you know, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you're failing. It just means that life is a, life is a bitch sometimes and it's getting harder and harder and harder to make the money because here's the thing. You're going to make less as a drummer now than you were. There are people in Nashville right now making per show less than they paid in the nineties. Wow. That is a fact. Well, let, there, so there talk guys, about that. And I am going to talk about that. And I'm going to be an asshole right now because I only have a few more minutes and I'm going to go get, I'm going to split. There, there's, there's one person in particular, but there's more than one uh, that, that literally is an apologist for the artists in town. I've seen Facebook posts where he's gone, which said, well, you know, we're lucky to get paid anything. You got to think about the overhead of these guys. You know, they don't, they're over, they get 360 deals. Their buses cost a lot, blah, blah, blah. Fuck that. Fuck that. Subway sandwiches has to stay in business. Their bread costs, that's their fucking problem. Right. Right. Tractor trailers and buses and overhead and video walls, not my problem. You know, that, you know, the other day I was laughing with John. He was like, I'm getting a bigger video wall. And I was like, fucking rad, man. Because he knows that, like, that's on him. I, I'm not absorbing the cost of his video right, wall. Right. He's, he's, he didn't say, I'm going to cut your pay to pay for my video wall. He just said, I'm going to get a bigger video wall. And I was like, awesome. Good for you. This so, is how be- should people evaluate how much they get well, paid the- for a gig? You know, if you if you're in a situation where you're young, I don't agree with uh, some of the icons. Some of the louder voices out of Nashville have said undercut your 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 peers and do them for free or whatever. I disagree. Do it for exposure. Right. Yeah, I disagree. Right. Um, I think that if you behave in the right way and you play well and you are a legit fucking person and player. Um, no one's going to expect you to do anything for free. Right. Uh, now, depending on your age, you might want to come up with an idea of like, what is it worth to you to what, wh- how much is it worth to you to leave the house? If you're going to just charge a hundred bucks, we'll just fucking do it for free. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Um, but if you're like, I, Hey, I'm going to go on, like, I'm going to go on a tour with this band. It's like, we're in a, we're in a van and we're playing, you know, wherever they want me to go on the road with them. And if you're, if you're, here's the thing you have to, at least uh, my number isn't a flat number. My number is a respect level. Now, if I'm with John party who I am with and he pays me what he pays me, which is pretty good. Um, I know roughly what he makes a year gross. And I know that his overhead is pretty high. 
Um, almost none of that really matters to me. What matters to me is this is his first run up to this spot. So he is making more this year than he made last year and the year before, and next year he'll make more than this year. So he is rising. And so all I'm really concerned with is less than number. Can I survive on the number? Yes. Cool. Is there a ceiling kind of built in place? Can I, can I, de- can I devise a way of asking to find out if there's like some limitations or am I going to be able to grow with this business? The answer was yes. So I stayed with him. I've been offered other gigs, much bigger gigs and a couple of rock gigs and I've turned them down because they were static. Now, <clears throat> if you're going to work for some, somebody that was a star in another band and now they're solo or they've already been big, you know, they're, you know, and they're offering you 300 a day. No. I know. You, no, right. that's just insult. Just what if, what if they're not big? What if they're an artist that's on the rise? Well, that's, you, you're normally where you're like your early well, gigs are going to come from. Then you find somebody that has Polestar, which is a magazine, an in- industry magazine. And it's a very expensive subscription, a few hundred bucks a year. But in the back four, four, four or five pages of that Polestar, you can see who's played where and you can find out what the ticket price was, how many people they put in, the percentage of capacity it was full, and what they walked with. And then you can calculate, are they on a tour bus? Cool. Those are anywhere between seventeen dollars and $25,000 a month. The driver is minimum of four fifty dollars a day, probably more than that if it goes over 400 miles or whatever the number is. And then they got their insurance and their fuel. You can really pretty quickly sit down and go, all right, well, he's spending – you know, spending five thousand a week on the bus if he's twenty thousand dollars. If it's a nice bus, twenty right. grand, okay. And he's spending minimum of probably with gas and driver twelve hundred bucks a day mm-hmm. on that. Okay, we got that. And then you can, you know, how many band members? Blah blah blah. And then you got that number. And then you have to think, okay. And this is where I do consider the artist because you do have to consider these things. Okay, the artist makes a million bucks. Let's say they make a million bucks this year which sounds like a lot, but it ain't shit if you're an artist. If you make a million bucks this year, okay, well, 15 to 20% of that is gone right off the top, gross, from the management. The booking agent is taking 10%. The business manager is taking 5%. Okay, well, we're at, all, we're at 35% off now. It's gone from right. that money. And then you calculate, is uh, two buses, all right, that's 20 grand a pop, 18 grand a pop, whatever. You can start doing the math and realize that, wow, if he pays me 45 grand a year, like that's, he is, he's not taking home much money. Right. And then you go, okay, well, I like this music. I think this man or this woman, this artist has really has legs. I think this is going to be something I'd like to do. I'm going to take the hit and I'm going to go for it. Now, if they're making 20 million a year and you're just stepping into it and they're like, here's 500 bucks, be like, come the fuck on. Right. Right. Come on. What about <laughs> like, say, say this is the situation, right? You're, you're 24 years old, 25 years old, whatever, 22. Uh, there's this new band. She's a solo artist. Her name's so-and-so. Uh, they think maybe she's going to get signed, maybe not. They want to put her in a van and uh, and run her around the country, and they want you to play drums on it, and, you know, and we don't know how, like, there's maybe going to be 75 people, maybe 150 people at some of these shows, whatever, and they're going to be scattered around the country, What's the number? Uh, the number is devising, first of all, you know, asking what they think their number is. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if somebody asks me what my number is, I tell them what I think I'm worth per day, no matter how big they are. Right. If they're like, oh, well, we you do this. Yeah, I'm 1500 bucks. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Just 
because I can stay home and make 500 teaching lessons. Right. You know, or fucking, I can go to work for a construction company and make 400. I mean, like I can, I can function, you know, you know, without you for, 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 for the number you're offering. So I go high and then they, you know, I don't make that with John. I don't make, you know, but that's what I told them. They're like, no. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk about other stuff. But if, it's, if, it's, if, it's if it's an emerging artist and you're 24, you can survive on less. You don't have a kid in college. You don't have any medical bills. You know, you don't have a mortgage yet, but you should soon, right. you know, all that. <clears throat> so it's a little different. Um, so you can go cheaper and then you, you, you have to weigh in. Do I have believe in this artist? Do I think this could go somewhere? Or do I just want, it's really not, it's really not exposure. So you can't go, Oh, I want the exposure. Well, they're new. They're right. new. And so are you. So it ain't about exposure. So I would think that anything, le- if you're like a child and they're a baby act and they're offering you like a couple of hundred bucks a night, it might be, it might behoove you to take it, but you've got to make sure they know that this isn't your permanent rate. Like, I got to know. And you might even go, Hey, I'll tell you what you're offering. You have, you're making so little money. I'll tell you what, I believe in this artist. You can't afford 400 a day or even 300 a day. I'll do it for 2% of gross. And we'll lock, I'll lock you in. We'll do 2% of gross and I'll talk to you in a year and we'll see how we're doing. Right. And they might go for it. And then the beauty of that is 2% of gross when an artist is just kind of struggling to get going. You ain't going to make any money, but what do you fucking care? You're 23. You can survive on oodles and noodles and you're sharing an apart- a two bedroom apartment with three other people. Right. Fucking great. Survive, get on the road, put some Instagram clips up, make people think you're a fucking touring drummer. Everything's gold. Well, if you can keep maintain that and you're making 2% of gross and they start making 10 grand a night, well, hey, right. <laughs> you know, or I mean, start making 50 grand a night and a hundred grand a night. Oh shit. You know, like things are different. Um, that's unlikely that doesn't happen in Nashville. I mean, I've, I've, I've been having that conversation for, I've been screaming into the void on gross based percentages, you know, till the cows come home and that's not really how they do it. So you end up getting a set thing. I wouldn't leave the house. I think if, here's the thing, any one of us, 23 or 53, wouldn't matter. You can, if, if you can leave your house and go to a restaurant and bring back 150, 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do it for that amount. Stay home. Stay home. Or I mean, there's the allure. People are like, well, I'm go- I, like, I want to go on tour. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Yeah. why? yeah. yeah. That's great. You want to go on tour? Go on tour. And go on tour for that kind of money if you like the music and the people are fucking sure. rad. Sure. And you're like, yeah, man, I love the people. If you just want to go get laid or you want some notoriety, uh, you know, find somebody in town to get laid with and go, go on Instagram and get your notoriety. That's a stupid reason to play fucking drums anyway. Um, but if you're, if you're like, Man, I love these people. The music is fucking rad. I dig it. Um, and but the only they're all, they're only offering me you know two hundred bucks and free food. Nah, you're twenty three. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. But I know people that are in their forties in Nashville that are still like, well, you know, this guy I play for, he was in a band that sold forty million records, but he pays me three hundred bucks. <sighs> Fuck, you kidding me? No way, man. Nah. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. You can't do the. You can't base it on the hundred dollars a man thing that's been around since the sixties. Uh, you know that's bullshit. It's bullshit. My goal. My my thing is, if it's a couple hundred bucks and you're young, man, do it. If you like the music, go for it. Make your stake your claim. Put up your flag. Right. If you're thirty plus 
and they're and you're not and you're they're not and and, and it's and it's a semi-established band. They're in a if they're in a bus, they're spending eighteen thousand dollars a month. What right. are they spending on you? Right. Yep. Well, there you, you have know, it. what are they fucking spending on you? Um, if you don't show, if it's a ten thousand dollar gig, I said this to, and I'll say this: I, I used to work for a guy named Josh Grayson, and he got really pissed off at me one night because he was we was bitching me about money, and I was I was like, you made fifty thousand dollars last night on a gig. If I didn't set up, that was an acoustic gig. You think you're worth fifty acoustic? And he was like, No, you're right. <laughs> I was like, no, the, the acoustic is different. You, the lights aren't there. It's not. A, it's not as big a thing. So, like, we all have to be there. We all need the bus. We all need the electric guitars. You, you're, if you wanted to do this cheap, you'd come on your own in, in an Escalade, right? You just make five or six thousand dollars, and you pocket it and go home. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And I was like, you need the bus and the eight people and the. You know, we're all in this together. That being said, if you're spending eighteen thousand, you're spending five thousand dollars a week on a tour bus. Well. We're doing three shows, so what's that per night that you spend on the tour bus? And you're telling me that I'm worth 150 bucks? Yep. Now, tour bus is getting a lot of people there, so it's doing a lot more work than just I get. There's a lot of ways to think about it, but but like make it worth your while. And if you're in your 30s or 40s and you're trying to, you know, you're still trying to get established, man, you might want to rethink what's going on and how you've been doing this game because if you're not established yet, like You've done something wrong or you're, or you're going about it the wrong way. And maybe you'll be better served kind of changing your gears. And instead of taking less and less and less and less money, finally putting your foot down and going, man, I would love to play for your thing. You've got a couple albums out. You haven't really hit it big, but you've had a couple of singles in the twenties. You got a bus trailer. You got a handful of crew guys. You got a really great band. I love the music. Um, I'd really like to do this, but buddy, I can go to home Depot and make 300 bucks a day. I need, like, meet me here. I want to do this for you, with you, you know? Um, And usually the conversations I've had with people where it wasn't kind of that abrasive, you know, it's you and me. And when I've said that, I've I've had people go like, hey, we can't meet, you know, we we can't meet that, but we'll meet you, you know, 600 a night or, or, or 700 or whatever, or we'll give you this other perk, you know? I remember... You know, but John's uh, business manager was like, we can't meet that number, but uh, what, what else do you want? I was like, well, you know what? I, I don't, I won't sleep in a hotel room with another human, like, unless we're dating, you know, like I, I, I don't, I don't, I need space and, oh, and I'm a drummer. So like, you don't want to put me in a top bunk. If I fall out of my bunk, show's over. So <laughs> somebody's going to have to move. And she was like, tell you what, how about this number? per day until you're on salary and like we'll make somebody move out of a bottom bunk for you and like you get your own room and i was like great thanks thank cool. you for talking to me about it. and i was literally like hey thanks for talking to me about this stuff and she was like no problem and what could have been a really ugly you know negotiation where nashville is very uh very well known for business managers just sucking and they're just being assholes right. i finally ran into one that was just like hey i can't meet that number and you don't want to take what we were paid the last guy, you know, which you shouldn't. You're the upgrade. You're, we, we, we went to you. And but yours is, too, you know, what you think you want is too high. So, like, let's talk about some other perks. And I was like, great. And she was like, and you're never going to hit a ceiling. I, John will John will pay you as he grows. You will grow with him. And I was like, OK, well, that's Perfect. enough reason right there. Right to have just a reasonable conversation. So I think a lot of times it isn't a hard number as much as it is. Can you have a reasonable conversation with these people? If you're talking to them and they're like, 
it pays two fifty. You're like, yeah, well, hey, um, you know, I just nope, it pays two fifty. Right, then fuck them. Right. If they're, you if don't want to work with those people because well, it's, because it's, then because then the position has a number on it, not your talent. Right. That was that was the point of all that Josh John stuff was was not to say it's great or it's shitty or whatever. The process was beautiful because they were having a conversation with a person about, Hey, we're welcoming you into this camp. We want you here. Right. We want you. There's some things we can do and some things we can't do. Let's just get everything on the table and have a conversation about it. Each individual person is different. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. If they're unwilling to talk, that isn't going to go well long-term. Maybe it's a great gig. If you're 22, take it. But if you start being treated like you're not a human and you're just, you're just, we'll just fill this seat with you. Well, then take it if you're young, get the, get the accolades if you can, and then start looking for the next thing. Yeah. That's why, that's why people jump around a lot is because they just don't have any other options. Yep. You know, um, solid advice, man. It is. Well, uh, so my thing is respect yourself, know that you have value, whatever that value is. You have some, you aren't just a, you aren't just a fucking idiot. You, you, if you've put in the time to learn how to, to, to play music, piano or drums or vocals or whatever, if you put the time in to get good enough for people to notice you, then you're good enough for people to have a realistic conversation about money and about the quality of life in the town is, you know, okay. I'm in Nashville. It's way cheaper than LA, but it is five times more expensive than it was nine years ago. So let's talk about that. We mm-hmm. need to talk about that. If people are willing to talk to you, if, if, if you respect yourself and, and kind of demand that people respect you, then it doesn't need to be hard. And it's not somebody putting their foot down and saying yes or no. It's just a conversation with adults. And, and that to me, once you get that in motion, you have to start thinking about other things like, mm-hmm like real estate, like other businesses that you can do, you know, anything, anything that doesn't have any new drums. And that's for emotional as well as fiscal well-being. You have to do something else. Life is not one thing. Life is not one thing. And if it is, you know, God help you if it goes away. That's the problem with that. You know, that's what's so scary that everything I make right now is from drums. And it's like, fuck, man, if I get my arm cut off or something, I'm screwed. <laughs> and it's scary. And, and, and that's a drastic statement. But my point is, I got sick and I was in the hospital. And I remember laying in the hospital crying when the tour manager called me. And I, I literally, before he said a word, I was like, if John fires me, please give me severance for a month. Yeah. And he was like, he laughed and he was like, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> literally john just told me to call you and check on you i'm not firing you but i was <laughs> i was so nervous wow i was gonna miss a show that i thought oh well surely they're just i'm gonna get fired wow. and well i mean that's good that i mean it's good that you're in a camp where they're like no we're worried about you you're part of this team we're, we're- well the thing is, I would be a whole lot less stressed about that in that moment if I had a lawn service and a rental property and this other thing going. And, you know, if I had this from home business or even if it was like the Amazon thing where you just pack things and sh- co-ship things. And, like, it doesn't matter. Any other hustle. Anything. I'm with but you. I'm make, with sure, you. make sure you can shut your, car, your hand in your car door and need a month down 
and still roll. Yep. Still make your, still make your nut. You know what I mean? I guess. Um, and I'm, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to stick to my own, stick to my, I'm trying to take my own advice on that right now too. And I'm, you know, and I'm, you know, buy, buy, buy rental properties. I'm trying to follow Sutter's fucking footsteps. Yeah, you should. <laughs> he, he knows what he's doing. So. Son of a bitch. But this has been like, I mean, this, this is the stuff that, that I wanted to, to unpack, man, because the, there's so much sort of ambiguity around this and people don't want to talk about it, but this is the reality of it. And I think that instead of painting this like doom and gloom picture, it's like, look, here's the situation. Just be prepared for it and, and understand what the the financial implications are if you want to go down this road. It's totally doable. You just have to be smart about it and you got to plan properly. And those are the conversations that I'm going to be having more and more of and sharing my own experiences and my own sort of uh you know ways that that I that I do things. So uh, well, a nice overarching view that I'll, I'll, I'll end my role here with is, is this. If you are in Nashville uh, or hope to be in Nashville, I don't know about L.A. I don't have a fucking clue how they do things out there. Um, I know if you're coming to Nashville, A, be the best drummer in your town. And if you're not the best drummer in your town, they're going to chew you up here. That's first. Second of all, and that sounds arrogant, but that's kind of the way it is. Right. Sorry. Um, beyond that, here's some just guidelines. Um, most people, there's a handful of people that are well, I know five or six guys that are making six figures or better. Eh, maybe, maybe, maybe as many as seven or eight, but that's it. The vast majority of the players in town are making between 30 and 70. Right. Most. And 70 is like a real good gig in Nashville right now. Whether that sounds right or not, whether you like that number or not, doesn't fucking matter. That's the facts. That's, that's what it is. That's the truth. I, everyone in my phone is probably between 50 and 60, except for a handful of us that can inch one way or the other. Um, and there's a handful of guys that are in rarefied air that have been on gigs for 20 years and they're, and they, and they've really been treated well. And they're, you know, they're at a hundred with their bonuses or 120 or whatever. But as a general rule, you're looking at 50. So is that enough? Well, if it ain't, you're going to have to do something else. Right. You know what I mean? In addition, and that's still, and that's good. You have to think of it. Well, fuck, I make 60 grand or 50 grand or 40 grand. That's not enough. Well, is it? You're not going to do anything from Thanksgiving until Valentine's Day. <laughs> right. So you basically have more time off than a school teacher, yeah. but you're going to make 40 grand. You can augment it with other stuff. Find something else that you can augment that with. Um, and that's why, you know, guys are writing method books and some guys do clinic tours and some guys, you know, sell cars. You know, there's just do something else. Um, and, 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 but, but it's a good, it's good to know that the likelihood of you making a quarter of a million dollars playing drums in Nashville is very, very, very low. Right. Even the studio wizards don't make that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a time when the McHughes and people like that would do that. That doesn't exist anymore. Right. So, you know, come in knowing that like a good quality number is, you know, 50, 60, 70 and, and decide how you want to live you know how, what your quality of life requires beyond that and and plan for it right and if you plan for it in your early 20s then when you're 40 you, you'll be able to actually enjoy yourself and 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 do what you would like to do you know percent right. and, and you and i are dangerous talking about this shit because we burned two hours talking about both other shit i know <laughs> we did I'll three podcasts three. i know i think i might split it up into two because of what like i feel like we were we were on two different topics uh like but we were good at like the one topic and now the other and so there's there's definitely a lot here so i think i might break it up into two but 
Um, either way, dude, I, I always appreciate your honesty. I love the fact that you're willing to, to, you know, open up the, open up the Komodo, so to speak, and like, and really talk about this and not sugarcoat it and not beat around the bush about it. So I appreciate that. And sure, you get some, you might get a little flack about that, but I think that that's, that's, that comes with the territory if you're willing to be open and honest. So I appreciate it. Oh man. Thanks for the kind words. I'm used to it by now. I'm used to the flack. Uh, my DMs are going to light up. I'll, I'll know when you released it. You'll text me to tell me you released it. Um, uh, and and I'll, 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 I'll be like, yeah, I already know. I started getting hate. I already know. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, I, I, I hope that you get a lot more loving uh, love mail than, than hate mail. But uh, either way, dude, I appreciate you. I thank you for taking all this time to chat. And, uh, you know, we'll do it again. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, dude. Thanks, man. All right, man. See ya. There you have it, the one and only Kevin Murphy, always willing to tell it like it is, be open, be honest. I love that about him. It may rub some people the wrong way. It doesn't rub me the wrong way. I appreciate the fact that he does not sugarcoat things. I appreciate the fact that he lets everyone know how it is. And he is a student of the game. He is a teacher of the game. And he really respects the art of drumming. And... As far as I'm concerned, he's okay in my book. So I hope you enjoyed it. For all the show notes, go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 551. And until the next episode, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking to you soon. Drummers Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon. And graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com. Peace.